All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 29 of the DFO Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We've got Dylan D. Berthing with us. How's it going, D? Doing good, Brock. Feel pretty good. Good to be here. Two days left in the regular season. Uh, pretty, I- pretty chill day tomorrow, and then just a grinder. On uh, Saturday, 15-gamer mm-hmm. uh, to get us through. Is it, this is your season. first career 15-gamer? Yeah, it, uh, you know, it's... Well, there's, uh, a, there's one or two earlier in the season. No, but every year they close it out with just this bullshit. It, uh, there's like, ah, oh, yeah. But you know what? It's like the easiest 15-gamer ever because all the games are pretty early. And like, sporadically throughout yeah, the day. Yeah, there's only like one after uh, 10 o'clock Eastern. Exactly. Start. So they, they, they try to get the games out of the way. Then they everybody knows what the playoff matchups are. And they get to... Go to work. It's a pretty easy 15-gamer, but it's a 15-gamer nonetheless. Yeah. Good way to cap off the season. Uh, as you guys, I'm sure, have already been able to tell, no Beeb's bonding today. Uh, he could not make it, but we're going to do another episode uh, early next week uh, to preview the playoffs. Beebs will be back on for that one. So just me and Dylan uh, to start the show here. 
Uh, and again, the Daily Faceoff podcast is brought to you by Odd Shark. Um, we will have Chris Abbott joining us again later on the show uh, to talk a little bit about betting in the NHL, uh, specifically in the playoffs. And again, uh, apologies for no episode last week. I uh, got sick and tired of the cold in southern Ontario and decided to go to southern United States, hit up Florida for a little bit. It was yeah. great. Oh, got to golf outside for the first time in a long time. That felt nice. Yeah? Yeah. How'd played, you do? Uh, played pretty well. Played nine holes the first couple days. Uh, shot pretty well. Better than I expected. But uh, then we played a nice 18-hole uh, on a Disney course mm-hmm. and at the end, and it was just immaculate. Super fun. But uh, it was such a busy course, they pair you up with, like, two guys, right? Like, it was just me and my buddy, and then... Paired us, uh, paired, up, paired us up with two other guys. One guy was legit just like this 51-year-old uh, army vet, just pretty much wasted when he showed up at 7 in the morning. As he, he was, should be. And he was awesome. He was so sick. He's like, I suck dick at golf. First thing he said, ended up playing pretty well. And then this 17-year-old high school kid who was just um, – he was a member there, and he was just phenomenal. Played like He's like going to going to school at Clemson. Just a phenomenal golfer. Showed us, uh, showed us a couple tips. Helped us along the way. Not a scholar, not on a scholarship though. No, he is. He is on a scholarship. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, he's got. So right now he's got a couple offers, and the one he likes the most is from from Clemson, and then uh, he's waiting for more. But he's probably going to Clemson. I was like, dude, this is crazy. This kid, he was phenomenal. I couldn't believe it. Like, made us look so bad. Right. But uh, it was nice. It was good to play uh, some golf outside for once. And yeah, Florida was good. But now we're back on the mics, ready for the fucking playoffs. You ready to go? Yeah, yeah. All right, so today's show, mostly not too much to talk about here, considering the playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, A lot of you guys are either eliminated from your fantasy hockey playoffs uh, or the season's just over, like many leagues are. Not a lot of leagues going to the last week uh, for many reasons. One, uh, teams like the Calgary Flames pretty much sitting everybody on the roster. Yeah. Uh, So that's a lot of reasons. So... Uh, hopefully a lot of you guys won your leagues and now you're turning your attention to playoff uh, pools perhaps uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about those next week uh, before the season or before the playoffs start uh, you know me and you we're doing a nice playoff pool that should be fun uh, I'm in a couple this year should be a good time gotta love playoff hockey but what this show is all about is just kind of reviewing what happened this year uh, from a fantasy hockey perspective basically uh, talking about our biggest draft day steals busts uh, best player at each position kind of relative to their ADP uh, and stuff like that. Just kind of a little bit of a fun episode, talk about some stuff. We do have answers from Biebs, even though he couldn't be here, but should be good. So let's start with you, D, since you're the only other one here. Biggest draft day steal from 2018-19 fantasy hockey season. Uh, it's funny because the guy that we've given a lot of flack in the past, uh, and I think just the, the fantasy hockey community in general turned on this guy before this year. Uh, and that's why his average draft position fell to 132.8 in Yahoo leagues. Jonathan- For the first time ever, though, I think like we've always talked about him just yeah. being a way better real hockey player than fantasy yeah. player, and finally yeah. that caught up to him, and then he finally breaks out. Yeah, in the fantasy well, he put up 52 points last year. Uh, no, Jonathan Taves. So a lot of people sleeping on Taves this year. Uh, obviously, we were definitely in that boat too. There was no real reason to expect this uh, sort of resurgence from Taves, especially when we just thought they were going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, and they like did end up being pretty bad, but the power play is just lethal. Uh, Patrick Kane, still Patrick Kane. Uh, and both of those guys having just career years, uh, obviously coinciding with the league-wide uptick in scoring, but nonetheless, uh, crazy. Taves, uh, yeah, career year at age 30. Career highs and goals with 35 points with 79. Shots on goal with 234. Two, or a 27-point increase from last year's total. Uh, just shy of a point per game this season. Incredible value for what was an 11th round pick to start the season. Yeah. Finally caught up to him a little bit, the, uh, the all the extra hype, but 
then all of a sudden. Yeah, and the straight center team. eligibility, too, turns you off a lot at the end of the draft. Uh, he wasn't even drafted in some leagues, man. He goes out to put on 79 points and counting with a couple games to go. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Crazy. It's had a ridiculously good year. Uh, good to see it, too. You know, that team, if they didn't get off to such a slow start, like, if they would have, I mean, obviously adding Dylan Strom and stuff helped, but yeah. they didn't get off to such a slow start, like, they would probably be a playoff team. Like they Slightly would, better goaltending. Yeah. Well, yeah, just like Crawford for half the year would have been, instead of like a quarter of the year. Yeah, and obviously he doesn't look quite like himself uh, either. No. But, yeah, they've gotten below average goaltending Cam Ward and Colin Delia is just not quite the, uh, the game, the, you know, the uh, regular season winning team. Not the answer. No. Scott Foster probably deserved a call. but At some point. Yeah. Uh, my biggest draft day steal was Braden Point, ADP of 123. Uh, oh. Us over at Daily Faceoff had this one right. ADP of 57, and that was even pretty low. Ranking, a ranking of 57. 57. Yeah. But nobody listened. not enough people listened to us. Uh, but still, way the too right low. Did. This guy, 41 goals, 51 assists, 92 points, 35 of those points coming on the power play. Crazy. Uh, currently, I mean... I say currently, but the season's pretty much over. Uh, the eighth-ranked overall player on uh, Yahoo Standard scoring. Average draft position of 123 wraps in Europe uh, as the eighth-best eighth best player in fantasy hockey. Just a phenomenal year. Uh, obviously, we probably would have had him even higher, as I'm sure many would if you knew that he was going to spend the entire season pretty much uh, next to Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. Uh, they started the year as we projected with Stamkos Kucherov beside each other. With Miller, the, yeah. And then the triplets line together there, the old triplets line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, you've got Braden Point now playing on, a, on a, you know, centering the, I guess, de facto second line right. uh, with Kucherov, and they just ended up being outstanding. Kucherov, obviously, just a ridiculous year. At no point in time did he ever slow down. Yeah. And uh, Braden Point, I mean, you could say maybe he rode his coattails a little bit, uh, but every single time me and you watch a game together, uh, you're, you, you sit there in awe of the Lightning power play. And Point, obviously, a, you know, a big integral part yeah. of that power play, hence uh, the 35 power play points. Yeah. 41 goals, 51 assists. Pretty crazy. Uh, there was a lot of signs that pointed to uh, at least some sustainability to his numbers last season. You know, he, he shot a uh, pretty repeatable 14.7%, uh, and now he leads the league this year with 21.7%. So, obviously, we'll be looking for some regression there next season. Maybe 41 goals didn't happen. His shots actually went down this year, which is interesting enough. I'm, I'm sure that has to deal with uh, playing with Kucherov for the full season. Uh, but 189 shots with the uh, two games to go now. Uh, had 217 last year. But that's part of what made us believe in uh, his ability to kind of repeat and improve on his numbers last season. He's a ton of minutes to 19, 20 minutes a game. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was he was playing, or at least projected to play, with uh, with Palat and Johnson. Uh, he's more of the shooter on that line right. uh, than those two. And then you go with Kucherov. He kinda, Kucherov does most of the work. So I think that would be a little bit of a reason for it to be down. But I'm totally fine with his shots being a little bit down as long as he's uh, kind of tied to, to Kucherov. And I think that this is a, a recipe for success going forward for uh, the Lightning. I think that yeah. we can safely say that this is kind of what they're going to look to do uh, heading into next year as well. So you're going to see points, rankings uh, across the board much, much higher. Yeah, yeah. It just makes sense to have point with Kucherov, and then Stamkos is clearly shown to be capable of carrying his own line. Yes. Uh, pushing 100 points this year away from Kucherov. Pretty impressive, uh, especially because he pretty much gets looked over the, these days when it, when it comes to that team. A lot of people like talking about Kucherov, rightfully so. 
Uh, yeah, it, it's crazy because everybody talks about Point Kucherov, and then it's like, holy fuck, man, the Stamkos is still <laughs> yeah. on this team. Just yeah, you watch the power play, and he's just setting up, waiting for it, and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, he's like kind of like Ovechkin yeah. still. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they're going to be just so fun to watch in the playoffs. Can't wait to see them uh, to go. Do you think they're going to run through the East? I, it's going to be tough. Second round is going to be tough for them. Uh, like Boston and Toronto have both given them a hard time all season. I, obviously, I think they're the favorites uh, to win that series. It, it's pretty messed up that it's the best team we've seen in I, I don't know how long. Uh, and they're so going pretty much like the '98 yeah. Red Wings. Yeah, and they might have they might have to play the third best team in the NHL in the second round of the Bruins. I, I'm pretty sure they're yeah yeah they are they're third uh, highest point total yeah. behind Tampa and Calgary now and could pass Calgary by the end of the season. Uh, Maple Leafs not that far behind. Hey, but the NHL man, one more year of this awesome playoff structure yeah yeah it's crazy and it it worked the other way in the east for a few years columbus uh washington and pittsburgh all put up uh, i think the one year they put up the three highest point totals in the east so uh it's gone both ways it's unfortunate that it's all happening right now in the atlantic but uh yeah i it should be easier for tampa than it is i I think they'll absolutely steamroll the first round i think boston could give them a hard time Mm -hmm. uh the maple Leafs they're obviously the favorite there but i I think obviously the Leafs could take it they've shown that much uh in their games this regular season uh so it's gonna be tough for them uh, and then you're looking at Washington, Pittsburgh, uh, whatever comes out of the other side in uh, round three, right? So it's a tough road. I think, like, you know, it'd be crazy to try to comprehend them making it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and not losing or not taking it over the West uh, with kind of the disparity between the two conferences this season. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine if they get there, they got it on lock. It's not going to be an easy road, but they're built better than anyone to deal with it. So... Uh, definitely the Stanley Cup favorite, but I, I don't know what I'd put the odds at at this point. Yeah, the, the odds are incredible. Like They're pretty much just like, yep, they're winning the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. and uh, we know that that's not the case in hockey. It just doesn't work like that. Um, you can talk a little bit more about Biebs' biggest draft day steal. As you know that he uh, plays for your hometown, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I guess I should say hometown, but your team. Morgan Riley, absolutely outstanding this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, many people expected this uh, simply because he was going to be the guy running that top power play that just featured just so much mm-hmm. talent. Uh, similar to Tampa Bay's top power play unit. Uh, you know, you got Tavares, you got Matthews, you got Riley, you got Marner, and then whoever else they decide to put there. Um, typically, you got Kadri. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Morgan Riley, just a great year. Huge draft day steal. What do you have to add about him? Uh, well, it's just crazy, right? Like, uh, we don't see the goals coming. The assists actually aren't that big of uh, an increase mm-hmm. off of last season. Uh, he, he had 46 assists last season, sitting at 52 right now with a, a couple games left to play. Uh, but, you know, his shots, they were up last year at 182. Uh, it makes sense to see them uh, up uh, again this season with him beyond that first power play unit. Uh, sitting at 218 right now. Uh, super productive from the back end. But obviously, you know, the biggest uh, glaring difference is that 9.2 shooting percentage. Uh, so he's been a bit fortunate, but he gets a lot of premium chances and shots on that top power play. Yeah. He's taken full advantage. I, You know, I think this is a career year for him. I, I'd be surprised to see him top 20 goals again. Uh, because, you know, it's really hard to shoot 9% from the back end. His career mark is 5.2. So, you know, that almost cuts his goal totals in half for next season. Uh, he just got off to such a hot start, too. Yeah, but like you said, like these other guys, right, he he really did ride it all, uh, all season long. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, definitely. I think he had, like, 13 points in the first four games oh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, he was, like, Norris yeah. Trophy winner before the season started. Or yeah. Before the second week started. He still might. But, you know, the goal scoring was there all season long, uh, and it's been pretty big for the Maple Leafs. But – 
huge for fantasy owners because yeah there was some hype surrounding him uh people still i think were buying into gardner a little bit because obviously it wasn't known for sure uh how quickly babcock could flop back to having gardner there gardner was there all of last season uh and traditionally has been kind of viewed as a more offensively minded defenseman especially in relation uh to riley so uh, i think there was a lot of uncertainty there which just made it drop a little bit but there's obviously a lot of hype and excitement around the maple Leafs, so that kept him at, at least in the spot where he was getting drafted in every single league as a team's uh, you know, at least second or third best defenseman. Uh, but it's just such a huge boost to get if you're picking up a guy like that uh, in what would be, you know, the eighth, ninth, yeah. tenth round uh, to pick up, you know, 70 points, 20 goals uh, from one of your defensemen that late in the draft. It's a huge boost. And Massive. Yeah. It, it's kind of happened. about a couple more guys that were in similar boats. Yeah, but it kind of happens every year like that, right? Yeah. Can, oh, for sure. You can kind of list off the same few players and guys. Uh, and if are you're definitely going to be up there. Yeah, and if you were fortunate enough to pick them up, uh, because they were either drafted so late or not drafted at all, mm-hmm. uh, chances are you made the playoffs because it's just such a huge boost to what is presumably oh, yeah. a decent you're, core. You know, your already, second, right? third defenseman. Exactly, right? If you, It's like if you could just you know take Crosby, put him on your team to start the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an exaggeration, obviously. But yeah, you could, but you could start with Crosby and then and then get, everyone And then it's okay, start the draft. That, yeah. That's it, right? So it's just a huge head start when you can get these guys on your team. Uh, and that's why it's so important to listen to the podcast and uh, pick up on these guys early on and uh, before the season when uh, – you know, they're still uh, people are still sleeping on them. for sure. Uh, just going back to this year's Lightning team, uh, currently sitting on sixty wins through eighty-two games. Uh, just two wins for uh, behind the nineteen ninety-six Red Wings, who had sixty-two. And then just looking at this Red Wings team, they averaged three point nine six goals per game, which is more than the Lightning this year, and then only two point two one goals oh. against per game, which is just insanity. Yeah, that was like the slow period. Yeah, and then they didn't even do shit that year. They lost to uh, I think they lost to New Jersey in the Stanley Cup Finals. So. <laughs> didn't do shit. They, 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 they <laughs> just didn't. made the Cup Finals. Well, they well. made the Cup Final, but then they didn't like. <laughs> then they went on to win two straight after that. It was just like, oh, what about last year's team? Just this god team that yeah. did nothing. But well, I should, again. 13 regular season losses. That's crazy. Yeah, just insane. Uh, but uh, my biggest draft day bust, and it's a little bit unfair, but it is Taylor Hall. Um, Taylor Hall, 11 goals, 26 assists, 37 points. Uh, his ADP was 16.4. Uh, he right now, after missing 49 games due to injury, is the 337th ranked player overall in Yahoo standard scoring. Again, not all his fault. But holy fuck, man! Like it, it, when he got hurt, if they would have been like, "This guy time. is out for the year," yeah. um, you know, people would have been able to drop him and pick up, you know, some players to help them. You had no idea. We had no clue what was going on with Taylor Hall, Taylor uh-huh. Hall all year, and it was uh-huh. just like, ah, day to day, day to day, day to day. Motherfucker was day to day for months. I'm pretty sure the first game he missed with that injury, it was like it wasn't announced until like an hour before yeah. puck drop, and like, then it was just out for the year. Like yeah. it made no sense. Yeah. It's just and well, so everybody just held on to him. I remember somebody like asking me even like. As soon as like three weeks go, like what should I do with Taylor Hall? I'm like, still don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. probably drop him at this point. Well, but everything we've heard of that situation, they've been like extremely overly cautious about yeah. the injury the whole time because uh, it was you know pretty. They got off to a pretty poor start, and it was pretty obvious early on that uh, they really weren't gonna have a crack at making the playoffs, even if Hall uh, was to return. So yeah. they took it real slow, uh, and it seems like it could work out to their benefit in terms of negotiating a long term deal with Hall. Uh, read a lot of talk about how happy uh, the agent and Hall was with how the Devils were handling the whole situation. Yeah, So it could work out long-term with him. I like to think Ray Shiro knows what he's doing at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, He still racked up 37 points in 33 games before he went out. 
you know, I just want to give a shout out to Kyle Palmieri, who almost pulled off a 30 goal season with only playing 30 games uh, with Taylor Hall. Uh-huh. I think he's at 27 right now. He's now, been ice cold for his last 10. Yeah, he just can't do anything. I <laughs> well, mean, he's they, playing with nobody. Yeah, next to nothing left to play with. Uh, Top yeah. line with Travis Ajak. Yeah, I just think him and Nico Heischer are going to be two names to remember heading into drafts next year uh, because if that line gets a full run together next season, uh, should be pretty, pretty Especially productive. just with another. That third year. Uh, for forwards, always seems to be a yeah a good year. For, Talking Heisher, yeah, like Heisher should be a guy that really takes a, another step forward next year. Yeah, uh, Taylor Hall obviously going to be very well rested, and Paul Mary, yeah, he just continues to to outperform everyone's expectations. Yeah. Uh, we were pretty high on him coming into the year just because of what he was able to do the last couple of years, uh, and then again we thought he was going to be playing with Taylor Hall all year. He's the MVP last year, by yeah. the way. Yeah, and sixteenth. Uh, Overall ADP. Yeah. Uh, we had him at 18, so we saw this coming, clearly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 337th ranked player right now. Again, not all his fault, uh, but you know nobody missed as much time and drafted that high as Taylor Hall did. So, uh, biggest bust for me. Who do you guys your biggest bust? Uh, Patrick, line A. I know, oh, I know you're going to be happy about this one. I was a year early on this yeah. guy. Yeah. I was like, clear with this guy's a bust, he's a bust, he's a bust last year. Ended up having a great year. Uh, I was a year early. Yeah. Now you got him out. 30 goals, 20 assists this year for Patrick Laine. Uh 50 points from your first round pick puts a lot of people in the hole early. Uh, just an example to show what type of value Line A owners missed out on. Uh, the three players ranked immediately after Line A in average draft position were Nathan McKinnon, Patrick Kane, and John Tavares. So that's a 107 point guy, a 97 point guy, and a 47 goal scorer. Uh, and if you were sitting there trying to hum and hon between those three or four guys and ended up going with line eight, that's a pretty big miss right there. That's two guys who produced that pretty much twice the clip and a third guy who almost scored as many goals as he had points. Uh, so pretty disappointing year from line A. I- I've said it before. I'll say it again. His usage does not help. Uh, you know, not getting as heavily leaned on as he could maybe if he was in other situations with how deep the Jets are. Uh, and, yeah, even when he was on the first line, they weren't really clicking for whatever reason. Uh, seems like the Jets have been a little fortunate this year. The numbers, the analytics community like to point at them as the one overrated team heading into the playoffs. Dude, this like year. I saw a thing the other day. I think it was like their last, his last twenty games, maybe twenty five games. Uh, Mark Scheifele's Corsi four percentage is at forty one. Yeah, it's tough, man. Tough sledding for that top line. And it's really weird too because they were really good at even strength all season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even with Connor on their wing, like he's back now, it just hasn't been as good this season. Uh, but yeah, line A just kind of how their minutes divulges, and I think it, like we said, uh, has more to do with the fact that they have a really uh, well-rounded top twelve rather than a top nine. So the fourth line gets more minutes than most teams. Uh, cuts into line A's time a little bit, but for whatever reason, you know, he just doesn't have all that much to play with on the second line either. And like I said, even on the first line, it wasn't clicking. Fifty points not going to cut it uh, from a guy who's picked inside the top ten. Uh, but that's the risky run with drafting these goal scorers, right? If the pucks just aren't going in, yeah. It's going to get ugly fast, and you know that's what happened with Line A this year. Let the record show that we had Nathan McKinnon ranked at nine, okay. Patrick Kane at ten, Tavares at Tavares at eleven, Line A at thirteen. There you go. So again, oh, we're, gonna, we're not going to say who we had at twelve though. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's Jamie Ben. Didn't have a good year. Not he a good year. Sucks though. Clearly, the GM he's horseshit. He's horseshit. He's horseshit. He's not a good player. Uh, but no, yeah, line is just that like, aging curve comes at you. It's fast. just really crazy too, because like I remember how many times we sat here on this podcast this year, kind of just talking about like how like this guy's got no apples, but like, he just hasn't even scored that much either. Yeah. Um, he just went ice cold. Just, just ice cold. Yeah. Uh, biggest bust for Beebs was Clayton 
Keller. Uh, I know I had a lot of stocks in Clayton Keller this year. Uh, expected the Arizona Coyotes to be a little bit better, which they were. Yeah. Uh, but only because they rode Darcy Kemper all the way. I know. I don't know. They played great. Thought they'd lose Antti Ranta for the year, and then it's, Gold Tenny would still just carry them. Yeah, insane. I mean, they they play one of like the safest structures in hockey. Um, Keller's numbers, you know, analytically very similar to last year. On ice shooting percentage took a bit of a, a hit. Uh, just Shocker. 14 goals, 32%, 46 points through 80 games. Uh, saw his shooting percentage drop from 10.8 to 7.3. A lot to do uh, with the drop-off in goals. Uh, many saw that 65-point campaign last year. Expected him to build off that this year. Uh, just wasn't the case. Big time uh, bust this year for sure. Uh, the good thing about Keller was... Still played for Arizona, so a lot of people were, you know, either don't even know who he is yet, uh, or were just reluctant to take a Coyote. So his ADP wasn't overly high. Right. Um, I think that it probably got high. Like, the people who really fucked up on Keller are the people who, like, really know what they're talking about, really thought, like, that they were going to, this was going to be, like, a breakout for him. Yeah. Um, guys that just, or at least think they knew what they were talking about. Yeah, well, 212 shots last year as a 19-year-old too, right? Like, just all really encouraging signs. Uh, And sometimes guys at these ages, they just take a step back or they don't uh, improve on that same rate that you might expect them to. It's not like an exponential curve, right? It doesn't work that way uh, for every player. There's a lot of hills and valleys, so to speak, in development sometimes. I would expect Keller to come back and have a huge year next year. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Um... You know, it's it's kind of weird. It's hard to tell where the assist gone, or where the assist went. He actually has more power play points this year uh, than he did last season, right? Am I reading that wrong? Yeah, yeah, more power play points this year than he did last season. One less right now, actually. Nineteen power play points this year, twenty last year. More, sorry, more power play assists. Uh, so yeah, like eighteen power play assists uh, this season, fourteen last year. Uh, but he's got ten less assists overall. The on ice shooting percentage didn't dip all that much either like no. it wasn't that great last year 7.8 pretty low for first line center or winger or what have you uh i think it just comes down to you know there's not all that much to play with uh, in arizona as far as goal scoring goes uh you saw a lot more brad richardson was their leading goal scorer in like november and he's been one of their best players this year and you know brad <laughs> richardson's really not known for scoring a lot of goals so yeah. uh they're just you're right. There just isn't a whole lot to play with there. They're yeah. gonna he get played better. They're gonna... a lot more last year too, and was kind of able to take kind of like a passenger seat. Uh, you know, maybe if they played fucking Dylan Strome as a first line center, they'd be yeah. all right. Weird, eh? How that works? Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. They locked up Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, though. oh yeah, they're very happy with the four games they got out of Nick Schmaltz. Signed to a five year deal. I think um, it was like fourteen points in thirteen games. He so did he, play well. He yeah, did. He got play. him. But he got, got him. that money. In, yeah, got that money. Um. All right. Let's fire it over to a quick break. Uh, we'll let the Blue Stones serenade you a little bit. They're, man, they're so fun. I hope you guys at home are also following them on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, even on Facebook, they're always posting some fun stuff. Just pictures of their tour. Seem to be, seems to be going great. Uh, always some hilarious pictures. The other day, I saw a picture of them just eating um, literally a five-pound bowl of poutine. And what? it looked just phenomenal. Yeah, five-pound bowl of poutine. I'm all about that Two shit. Two guys? But uh, enjoy the... I don't even know who was eating all of it, but they had a five... It might have been one person. Five-pound bowl of poutine that looked delicious. But enjoy the Blue Stones. Uh, then after the break, quick interview with Chris Abbott. And then when we get back, we are going to talk about uh, our top centers, wingers, defensemen, and goalies. Uh, 
of the season. Obviously, we're not going to be talking about Connor McDavid the whole time, but uh, you know, in relation to their ADP, guys who just return a lot of value uh, on their ADPs at each position. So enjoy the Blue Stones and my interview with Chris Abbott. We'll see you guys back here in a few minutes. for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for upcoming games? Oddshark has that too, and it's all free. Their experts provide in-depth analysis for each game, packed with stats, numbers, and trends that will help you make the sharp picks on game day. Whether you're looking to play tonight's puck line or get in on the March Madness action, head over to oddshark.com and start playing like a shark today. Welcome back to the Daily Faceoff Podcast. As usual, I am joined by Chris Abbott of Odd Shark. Chris, how's it going today? It's going fantastic, thank you. How are you doing? Not bad. Sorry about the one-week hiatus. I uh, I had to get my sun intake, and uh, it's been horrible weather down here in uh, in Ontario. So we had to head over to Florida for a little bit, get some sun. I don't think anybody, not even the listeners, could fault you for that, is uh, getting a little vacation time in. Yeah, you know, got to get uh, got to get my mind right right before the playoffs. It's about to get busy again, so uh, we're near the end of the regular season. Just a couple days left, uh, but there are some intense races here as we head down the stretch. Uh, I just want to know where you stand on these two uh, conferences right now. In the Eastern Conference, we've got Carolina, Columbus, and Montreal um, all fighting for the last playoff spot. Pittsburgh's kind of in there as well, but they're sitting a little bit prettier. Um, where do you? Who do you see making it into the playoffs, and who do you see falling uh, just short? Well, it's Thursday afternoon as we record this. This might drop on Friday, and uh, I think uh, we're going to know a lot more then. I think Arizona's in a lot of trouble. They need to win out against Vegas and Winnipeg, and I don't see that happening. And unfortunately for the Montreal Canadiens fans out there, they've got a much tougher road. They've got to play Washington and Toronto, two of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, while Columbus plays the Rangers and Ottawa, two of the worst teams in the league this year. And Carolina... Plays New Jersey and Philadelphia. They're three and zero against Philadelphia. So both of those teams are looking uh, looking kind of safe. Montreal, I think, would have to win both of their games. I just don't see it happening. I I, I want it to happen. I think the playoffs are better when the Montreal Canadiens are in there, but uh, odds are certainly not in their favor right now. Yeah, it's really hard to envision uh, a team like the Hurricanes going up against the Devils tonight on Thursday, losing that game. The Devils just have nobody on the ice anymore. Hurricanes seem to be playing some of their best hockey this season at the right time. Razik looks really good. Uh, Columbus, you never know with them. They seem to, uh, they're confusing everybody. I mean, some, sometimes yeah. they win games they shouldn't, and then they lose games that they shouldn't. 
I think they're putting it together, and I think the Rangers, uh, although I really like the way the Rangers play, I think they're going to be a team to watch for next year, much like Ottawa, actually. I think people are writing Ottawa off. They've got a really good young core. But uh, I know Ottawa's playing a guy tonight that they just signed out of college. Um, so, you know, the, they're looking at next year while there's uh, still a lot on the line for their opponents. So I think that that's going to give Columbus an edge in those games. And I think Columbus is hitting its stride, too. I think there was a, definitely a lull after the trade deadline. But I think uh, I think they're in a pretty good position right now. I'd actually keep an eye on them in the playoffs because they're they're a pretty good team. Yeah, it uh, it obviously takes a little bit for teams to kind of get up to speed when you're adding in as many new pieces as they did, um, and they seem to be trying to figure it out slowly. Obviously, Sergei Bobrovsky, when he's on, is one of the best goalies in the NHL. That certainly goes a long way, uh, especially you know come come playoff time. It's, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. If you have the hot goaltender, you can go a long way, maybe all the way. And, uh, you know, when Bobrovsky's on, he's really on. And hopefully, uh, if they get in, he's on for them because uh, the Eastern Conference is going to be tough. It is. But you know what? The more John Tortorella we can get in the media, especially at playoff time, I think is good for everybody. It's good for the NHL. It's good for the fans. Um, I sure sure would have played for Torch back in my day, that's for sure. Um, But, you know, Columbus are a team to watch out for. Everyone's kind of preordaining the Tampa Bay Lightning to go to the Stanley Cup final at a minimum. Um, I mean, they haven't done anything to tell us any different, but they are dealing with some injury struggles on the back end right now. So it'll be interesting to see just how healthy they are come playoff time, and that's as key as anything else. Yeah, and if now we go look at the Western Conference for a minute, obviously Arizona's in a bit of a tough spot here. Uh, Colorado seemingly um, in the playoffs, you know, just need one more point, and they're in. Uh, They're another team that's pretty banged up right now, and we saw this last year as well. We had... uh, Philip Grubauer starting the first couple games for the Washington <laughs> Capitals. Now all of a sudden he's doing the exact same thing in Colorado. Uh, he'll obviously probably be the guy they go to in game one of the playoffs. Do you think it's going to be a similar thing to last year where Grubauer falters come playoff time and we've got Varlamov in net for Colorado? That would be bad news for Avalanche fans because if if you have to go to Varlamov, he's not Braden Holpe, uh, mm-hmm. not even close. No. I thought Varlamov had a really bad year. And frankly, he has he's only been an average goaltender in his entire career. Uh, even back to his time with Washington. So, um, yeah, Grubauer's hot right now, and I'd love to see it just for the kid to carry it into the playoffs. And that Colorado team is pretty good. I don't know that they've got the depth on the back end and enough uh, defense mode in the tank to play uh, the top playoff teams in the West. But, I mean, they're, they're top guys. If Rantanen can get back healthy and Nathan McKinnon's a horse. So uh, they, they'd be a fun team to watch, but I don't see them getting – getting too deep this year but hey you never know yeah you know it's it's got to be good though when you can make the playoffs with the team that they've got now they've got a kid like Kale McCarr coming up and then hey you never know they might add uh, Jack Hughes in the mix next year too so I mean if you can get in the playoffs with what you've got now and then two of the best prospects in hockey coming up uh, pretty good place to be sitting yeah house money for the Avs right now things seem to have started to work out with Jared Bednar behind the behind the bench there was kind of I think a an acclimatization there for some of the players but uh you know, he and McKinnon got over the little spat they had in Toronto yeah. back earlier in the year. And, uh, yeah, I like that Colorado team just, uh, you know, next couple of years for sure. I wouldn't get too far behind them this year, though. Okay. Now, when we're talking about betting on the playoffs, do you change the way you look at games uh, at all when you're betting on playoffs? You know, we always talk about how uh, in the playoffs, refs typically call less penalties. Uh, mm-hmm. The game's a little bit tighter checking. Uh, it just seems to be a totally different brand of hockey. Do you 
look at betting on, on playoff games any differently than you would a regular season game? Yeah, for sure, because it's a different game. Like you said, there's there's going to be less penalties. So teams who have kind of loaded up on power play goals throughout the course of the year, you kind of want to see what their percentage of goals were on the power play. And I think that brings in uh, kind of the, the money line, or excuse me, the puck line we talked about, that one-and-a-half bet. So if you've got a huge favorite, like Tampa Bay will say in the first round, whoever they end up playing, it's the playoffs. So if you can get good value on plus one-and-a-half goals for the opposition – that's definitely not bad because how many first-round games do we see go to overtime? Uh, how many times do we see that the games are tight right down to the end? So the plus one-and-a-half bet for the underdog, if you can get it at a good price, certainly comes into play. And then certainly keep an eye on the goal totals as well. Um, again, less power plays and the game is going to be played tighter, harder checking, harder to get to the front of the net. So if you're playing or if you're betting on a team that already has a good goaltender – and can play that tight defensive structure. Maybe you got two of those teams going at each other in the first round. That will certainly, uh, there will probably be more unders to start the playoffs before the books start to adjust. Would you, you just kind of jumped into my next point there, the books adjusting, because um, I'm sure they've got, they've got to look at it a little bit too, the way game one goes. Would you ever, do you ever like just sit game one out just to try to see how things are going to go and then maybe test the waters or do you just get right into it? I'll get right into it. I'm actually sitting out a lot this week because I find the last week of the regular season, there's there's too many varied motivations. There's too much in the way of fluctuation in terms of who's playing, who's not, the amount of minutes they're playing. So I, I like getting in early and uh, and putting the bets down no matter what, and the, and the books will adjust. One of the other things you can do in the playoffs, obviously, is instead of betting just one game, you can bet the whole series. So just this week it came out. Leafs Bruins we know they're going to play in the first round the Leafs were plus 110 the Bruins were minus 130 so you can make one single bet on the entire series and uh, I actually really I already bet the Bruins minus 130 in that series minus 130 people have different theories on this I don't like to to bet more uh, more juice than that like minus 140 minus 150 I don't really see the value in that but I'll go usually up to minus 130 and I think the Bruins win that series all uh, all year yeah, that's another interesting way to do things. Uh, I was going to ask you about that as well. Is how much do the lines shift? Say, like if the Leafs go in and win Game One, do, can you bet on it after the line shifts like that? Yeah, you can bet the series usually right up until uh, until it's done. But obviously, it'll adjust accordingly. If the Leafs went in and won Game One, then yeah, they would then become the favorite to win the series, and that would be a great great thing if you were back in the Bruins. Like if the Leafs go in and win Game One. Uh, which is probably going to be played in Boston. I'm not sure if the Bruins have locked up home ice yet, but I think they have. I believe they uh, have, yeah. Yeah, so you know, for the Leafs to go in and win game one of Boston, maybe in game one of a series, that's that's not bad. And then you could get, probably get the Bruins a plus money after that, just because the Leafs only have to win three more and the Bruins have to win four. And it's, that's just math then. At yeah. That point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how everything shakes out. The last couple games, like you said, some teams are already locked in. We've got the Flames sitting seven guys, uh, losing to the Ducks last night. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got the Bruins sitting four or five guys tonight. So, yeah, this is kind of a tricky time to be betting on games. Uh, you know, again, just like you, you mentioned earlier, you got the Senators uh, starting a kid who's just came up, just signed, you know, a couple days ago, throwing him right in the fire. Seventh round pick, yeah. And, uh, you know, just the other night, the, the Canadians ended up as a favorite on home ice against Tampa Bay. In a game, I actually bet Montreal and won, but the uh, that would never happen if you know Tampa had Vasilevsky and that and had all their players. So it's it's really tricky this time of year, and I'm actually looking forward to the regular season ending and getting into playoff games for sure. Absolutely. Well, this will wrap up our regular season uh, talks with Chris, but 
Rest assured, we will have Chris back on early next week where we will take a little bit more of an in-depth look at all the matchups. Really, we're not really sure who's playing quite yet other than Leafs Bruins, but we're going to take a more in-depth look at everything early next week, likely Monday or Tuesday. So Chris, thanks as always, and we'll talk to you again early next week. Great stuff, Brock. I will come armed with information for everybody on how to bet those series next week. Awesome. Sounds good. Cheers. Episode 29, a very Nathan McKinnon episode of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Chris Abbott uh, from Oddshark, the fantastic sponsor of the DFO Podcast. Uh, me and Dylan are back. We're ready to go here for the second half, uh, maybe third quarter. No, that doesn't make any sense because we don't have a fourth quarter. Third, third. The third, third. Maybe we should start dividing the show up into quarters. I don't know what we would do for the fourth quarter. Twitter questions, bring them back for the playoffs. Uh, but we're going to talk about centers, wingers, defensemen, and goalies uh, that we thought were just outstanding this year uh, relative to their ADP. Uh, but before we get to that, we are going to talk about our top free agent pickups of the season. Uh, Dylan, why don't we start with you? Uh, all right, so this is a pretty fun one. Uh, I didn't even know this until you pointed out, but on... Yeah, on Yahoo's uh, draft results or draft analysis yeah. page, uh, where it shows all the ADPs from this year. It also shows the percentage in which the leagues they were drafted, which I don't know how accurate it is, because uh, it either seems to jump from 100% down to like 40% or something. Well, like because what I think happens is if you don't get drafted at all, it doesn't bring down your ADP. Right. So it's like just if you're drafted in like – like, that's why, like, if you looked at, like, uh, who was the, that least defenseman? Was it Marincin? Marincin. Like, his ADP was, like, 52 or something. But that's because in the leagues that he was drafted in, he was drafted, like, super high right, for no reason. But in the leagues where he's not drafted at all, it doesn't factor into his ADP. So that's how, like, that gets determined and the percentage drafted. So, like, a lot of the guys in, like, the top 120, well, they were drafted in 100% of the leagues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Still not sure how accurate it is, but I, I get what you're saying. Got it. Uh, for that issue. Uh, Elias Lindholm. That non-issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elias Lindholm, 7% drafted. Uh, really was the best case scenario for Lindholm this season. The trade to the Flames literally could not have worked out any better for him. Nailed he it. ends up playing basically the entire season exclusively with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan. Uh, he racked up 27 goals and 51 assists in 80 games, shattering his previous career high of 45 points. Uh, not many people were willing to invest even a draft pick in him, so kudos to, uh, to those of you who were quick enough to grab him off the wire early in the season. A point-per-game player, uh, like we are talking about earlier, just a ridiculously huge boost to an already drafted team, uh, assuming you did a half-decent job in the draft. 
that's just uh, another one of those just super head starts. Uh, so if you're able to get Lynn home, uh, pretty crazy. Center, uh, right wing eligibility too in Yahoo League. So a lot of value coming out of Lynn home this season. Yeah, uh, for me, we were like all in on Lindholm. We thought it was great. I remember the first couple episodes it got to go against guy. Like as soon as we saw that he was playing with those guys, like even you know, right. As soon as the puck dropped, right. and he's on the top line. We were all in on yeah, that. Yeah, because that was the game plan day one to game eighty two. Yeah. Know? Well, and we just kind of like we looked into his numbers and said, hey, look, like this guy had. I think his like on ice shooting percentage like for his career was like six. Right. Like it was drastically low just because he never really got that crazy first line chance with a bunch of studs like he did in uh in calgary and he's just been outstanding all year long uh and again you know sometimes it takes players a little bit longer you got a guy who was drafted uh you know in the top five and uh he was drafted there for a reason and then he gets a chance to play next to Gaudreau and monahan uh made a little bit of magic happen for sure um Beebs' guy here, free agent pickup i know you picked him up this year as well so i'm gonna let you talk about him for a second jordan bennington Absolute stud. Uh, we read a little piece the other day saying that I don't. I wish I could remember what the date was, but you know, not that long ago, a couple months ago, the, the Blues were dead last in like the in the division. Yeah, and in now the they are literally right at the top, within one point of finishing the season as the division winners. Uh, yeah, and, crazy and, how tight that race is. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, to. like watching Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis go down to the end here, uh, separated by one point. And what an advantage, though! Like if you, the difference between playing against Winnipeg, Nashville, or St. Louis, or playing against the Dallas Stars in the first round, yeah. is, is drastic. Uh, but I mean, I think I, I don't think we should be sleeping on the Stars either. This is a team that's going to probably win the William M. Jennings Trophy for lowest uh, team goals against average this year. Uh, which is a bit surprising considering we're talking about the Dallas Stars. Not been their mantra for the last uh, decade or so, yeah. it seems. Uh, but Ben Bishop, who I'll talk a little bit about later, uh, been outstanding. Yeah. Anton Hudobin been excellent. You say Dobby came well. to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hudobin's been, always been one of the better backups in the NHL and just proved it again this year and got a little bit uh, Yeah, more very Thomas Grice of him, where he kind of always maybe struggled a little bit when it had to be, uh, you know, handle a full workload. But. Uh, you know, pitching on uh, the off days, that's that's what Dobby's all about. Who are we talking about? Bennington? Yes, Bennington. Uh, yeah, I picked up Bennington this season. Uh, really saved my team that I had kind of built my goaltending around Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, Bob obviously struggled for most of the year. Been uh, great as of late, though. Yeah. So getting Bennington, uh, for anyone who was able to pick up Bennington this year, you literally picked up a top five goaltender yeah. from that point on. Uh, probably more so than that. He's very highly ranked on the season. Uh, Leads the NHL in goals against average and save percentage, I think, or no, just behind just second behind save Bishop, percentage yeah. to Bishop. So, uh, yeah, just absolutely outstanding. Uh, threw some shoutouts in there as well. Uh, came in and won like nine of his first ten years, ten in a row. It, yeah, it was crazy. Just, it was uh, very Andrew Hammond esque. Yeah, what he did. Yeah, but just so encouraging to see from a you know a rookie who was kind of uh, at least decently touted as a prospect to have yeah. some uh, some upside, and he's obviously flashed that already. Uh, yeah, they I needed mean, it. They needed it bad. We were talking. You know, I, I've been crazy. talking shit about Jake Allen for like three years. So and we were I was talking happy about. To see Bennington we were talking here. about them uh, potentially being a trade destination for Jimmy Howard, and they're like, no, 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 don't need to give up an asset. We got this motherfucker, and yeah. he comes up, and he's just been fantastic, like just ridiculous, like yeah. the best goalie in the NHL, probably literally. since he, yeah, probably since he's come up. Yeah. Like to go from last to maybe winning the division is yeah. insane. It's but gonna I, be crazy. It's, to see for me, for me, I was already around the top of my league. Uh, kind of ba- battling for first 
place in the regular season uh, without Bennington, just kind of having like a, a really solid and deep offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, getting by with my goaltenders, uh, streaming a lot of starts. And then, so just picking up Bennington, like just like literally over the top. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like an easy run to the, to the championship at that point. Like it, it just almost wasn't fair. You know, it was like, I got to start the season with Vashlevsky yeah. <laughs> and Anderson yeah. uh, on top of everything else. So it pretty crazy how it all worked out, especially with Bob coming on at the end for me personally, but Bennington, uh, in general ha- has to be, uh, probably the number one fan, uh, free agent at this season. Yeah. Because, you know, getting a point per game guy is great. It's going to influx your totals. How much, the best goal in the how much that actually alters on a week to week basis, uh, you know, uh, can kind of sway, but yeah, like you said, getting the best point in the league. Yeah, yeah, it massive. This just in, definitely not going to be breaking news by the time I upload this to the web. But uh, ending a nine-year playoff drought, the Carolina Hurricanes have clinched a playoff spot with them. a three-one win over the Devils this year. Finally, pour one out for the boys. We've Rod been Brandon- higher, we've been higher on the Hurricanes. Was Rod Brindamore on that team? Nine yeah, years ago? <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably Must captain that team. Um, but yeah, we've been high on these guys for a couple years, and finally they got there. I'm, I'm excited to watch. Uh, Sebastian Aho and company in the postseason. So good for them. Uh, Dougie Hamilton and company, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's all about Dougie. <laughs> uh, my biggest free agent pickup, or I should say best free agent pickup of the year, was Thomas Shabbat, uh, thanks to the handy tool that I mentioned earlier, yep. or you mentioned earlier. Uh, Shabbat was only drafted in 16% of leagues. Uh, I remember bumping him up uh, pretty significantly in our rankings the second they traded Eric Carlson. Yeah. Uh, and he stepped right in, no problem. He was uh, at... At New Year's Day, so first three months of the season, good portion of the regular uh, fantasy hockey regular season, this guy was third among defensemen in points. Uh, again, just drafted in 16% of leagues. Uh, right now, he's just uh, he's still nestling towards the top of uh, defensive points. I uh, missed some time. Cool down, obviously, a little bit, but uh, it's just crazy because at the start of the year, we were legitimately saying, like, I remember questioning, do we trade this guy straight yeah. up for Eric Carlson? Um, so... Not as I guess it's not so much as his entire body of work, but it's just like what he did those first couple of months and what you could have got. Like when you click through all those trades that go on on Yahoo, right. the the shit that people were getting in return for Thomas Shabbat was just it was insane. Yeah, and uh, you know we were talking should you trade him for Morgan Riley and should you trade him for Eric Carlson and hopefully some of these people did cash in on the lottery ticket that they picked up the first week of the season because yeah. Eric Carlson went on to have a you know a fantastic second half. Um, you know, he did get hurt there at the end, but, uh, you know, just Chappelle was just so outstanding for the first three months. I mean, not that he was that bad after that, but, um, you know, not quite the top three defensemen in no, hockey yeah, over uh, a point per game. Yeah. Uh, so Chappelle, uh, again, I agree with you, not as, uh, not quite as valuable as picking up like legit, the best goalie in the NHL heading into the playoffs is, but, um, Chabot was just a freak this yeah. year. So, yeah. uh, you know, the Senators do have some bright, brighter days ahead. Uh, very dark days right now. But, uh, <laughs> guys like Shabbat definitely make things a little bit brighter. But let's talk about the best centers in hockey this year. Uh, fantasy hockey, that is. Who are you going with? Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. This guy we talked up a lot at the mm-hmm. start of the season. Average draft position, 157.2. Uh, only drafted in 68% of leagues. So there's a lot of these we actually could have gone on the wire and picked up Ryan O'Reilly at the start of the season. Uh he, he put up, I, I think it was 62 points last year in Buffalo, right around there anyway, low 60s, centering the second line, uh, and you know getting a taste of uh, time on the first power play unit uh, with Eichel. Uh, but very much playing kind of second fiddle, and that's where he's been his whole career. So it was exciting to see O'Reilly go out to St. Louis and finally have a chance to be the clear-cut number one center 
uh, and that's exactly, you know, he took full advantage of the situation, I should say. So uh, 27 goals, 47 assists in 80 games so far this season. Uh, that's with Tarasenko missing some time for a bit and playing away from Tarasenko even when they were both in the lineup at the start of the year. Uh, so super impressive numbers from Ryan O'Reilly this year. Uh, certainly, you know, warranting of a draft pick at least, only drafted in 68% of leagues. But, you know, an- another type of guy where if you're getting him towards the end of your draft, just, you know, picking up uh, a point-per-game player, uh, huge addition. So Ryan O'Reilly, for me, uh, the, be- the the most valuable center in fantasy hockey uh, this season. Yeah, uh, relative to his draft position, he was just outstanding. Um, that first line is just carried them. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, they're just gods again, uh, like we hoped would happen. Um, yeah, it clicked at the right time with Bennington coming uh, coming up too, right? So it just all came together. And we were just talking about before the show how much uh, I like their top nine and, and the makeup of it right now and finally kind of trusting Sunquist uh, with a larger role as the second-line center. Uh, I think Schwartz is the perfect complement for him yeah. there too. Uh, and then you got Perone there, who's been outstanding this season. Uh, Once again, back-to-back, just outstanding years. Maroon turned things around a little bit as well. Yeah, so, and then, you know, Bozak's finally back in a role that really works for him, too. Uh, it's where he's excelled the last few, or where he did excel the last few years in Toronto, playing sheltered minutes on the third line uh, with some, you know, capable teammates. He's got Maroon on his left side, Robert Thomas on his right. Uh, and they're just bullying, you know, weaker opponents. And it's That's all uh, you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Bozak has kind of a hard time getting out of his own end. So if you can uh, put him against lines that aren't really a threat, to pin him in deep, that you can get some pretty healthy returns. So I think St. Louis has got all. Maroon appreciates right now. that style of hockey as well. Yeah, exactly. I, so I think uh, you know the Blues just uh, look a out real for teams. Them. Yeah, to keep we're gonna like, give them a ton of love on next week next week's episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, just to point out since uh, January first, so a bit of the opposite of Thomas Shabbat, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, thirty nine points in forty three games. That is a seventy four point per 82 game pace uh in the second half of the season so o'reilly has been outstanding uh quickly we're going to talk about beebs's top center jonathan taves you mentioned him earlier uh he was just outstanding uh this year yeah. so john so 132 adp for taves too so yeah. uh my top center leon dreisaitl uh adp of 44.7 but the number 16 center off of the board guys currently sits tied for second in the nhl in goals and fourth in points. I don't think I need to add much more than that. Um, he's just, he's been ridiculous. Yeah. We talked about it uh, pre-show. You got fucking, this guy tied for second in the NHL in goals, fourth in points, McDavid second in points, and you're not even close to the playoffs. It's just an absolute disaster out there. I don't understand it at all. Uh, I don't know how you can be that, How like, honestly, I don't know how you can fuck a team up that bad. We just need... You just can't. I think the NHL needs to step in and force Carter Hart to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Because we need to give Connor McDavid 920 goaltending every single year yeah. for the rest of his career. Because mm-hmm. uh, we as hockey fans deserve to see him in the playoffs. Uh, oh, we're, we're being robbed right now. And like, that always guarantees it. Highlight reel, yeah. highlight reel. Like the other day, like they just tweeted out that the, the Oilers were like, oh my God, Connor McDavid, 27 points in 14 games in March, player of the month. And it's like, you go and look at it. They went like seven and eight in those games. <laughs> like they're out in like our eight and seven. They're like barely a 500 team. The guy's yeah. averaging over two points per game. Yeah. There's some pieces there, man. And you know what? I, I think it, like you, it shouldn't be that far off, right? Like it sh- you absolutely shouldn't be you that should far off. Like, I got no words for it. In the off season 
and make a playoff team out of this team. Like, 100%. Yeah. So, I, I look, don't know. Look at what Colorado's working with. I don't know. McKinnon, Rand, and Landeskog, Barry, and a backup, you know, Grubauer. Yeah. Like, they don't have a shitload to work with either. Like, and they've still been able to scratch in the playoffs. They don't have, you know, McKinnon's great. He's not McDavid. Yeah. Randon's great. He's not Dre Seidel. Eh, might be. It's probably going to a year, maybe. But, yeah. like, that's, but, like, they're not, they're pretty comparable. Their depth is yeah. a little bit lacking, but they're still able, like, their depth is lacking, but what Edmonton has is honestly disgusting to look at. Yeah. It just makes no sense. Well, and I, I think it comes down to the goaltending, too, as much as anything else, right? Like, it's we, not like Colorado's had that great a goaltending. Yeah, this but year. we saw it two years ago. Like, what year. happens when McDavid gets above average goaltending? The team makes the playoffs. Like, that. That's, Tabit, Tabit that's an automatic – like, that formula is an automatic playoff team. Connor McDavid and 920 goaltending, like, you're in the playoffs automatically. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think if they just shore up uh, the net situation and uh, – It'd be nice if they had some trade pieces to send other people's way. Just for trade the first rounder this year, dude. Just stop. Stop it. Just stop Stop it. trying to develop first round picks. You hit on two of your last ten. Two of your last three, fifty. Four. They, like, it's actually been pretty well. They've kind of blown it out of proportions themselves, right? Well, I mean – they also traded to yeah. Hall. <laughs> let's not talk about the Oilers. It's too, too depressing. No, it is. It's, it's quite sad. But uh, let's go back to the wing now. Uh, who is your best winger this season? Alex DeBrincat, uh, 122 ADP. Middle of the 10th round, you could have scooped this guy. 41 goals, 33 assists, and 80 games this season. Uh, it's funny because I remember before the year, it, it's hard to kind of go off of guys, uh, rookies uh, who come into the league, and you know they shoot at a decent clip. Because it's hard to know how fortunate they were and how much that is legit or how, uh, yeah, you know how able they are to repeat uh, a fifteen and a half shooting percentage, which is uh, what he had last year to score twenty eight goals on one hundred and eighty one shots. This year, he actually increases his shot volume, uh, like we were hoping for, and remarkably, shooting percentage improves to an even nineteen percent. Uh, so hopefully his shot volume continues to grow and we could see another 40-goal year from him next year because I wouldn't bet on 19% again next year. I never, ever would. Uh, but he seems like, you know, he should be able to set in, settle in around, uh, you know, 13, 14, maybe in a 15% uh, clip from here on out. So uh, Debrinkat, pretty huge this season, especially in keeper leagues if you're able to get on to him. I just think the Blackhawks are set up to score goals uh, for the next three or four years at least. Don't know how many games they'll win, but they're going to score a lot of goals. Debrinkat's going to be a big part of that, especially with this boy Dylan Strome there now. So, uh, yeah, Debrinkat, middle of the 10th round. Not a bad pick. Dual wing eligibility, a lot of value there. Tons of value. Uh, For me, I've got Sebastian Ajo, guy I've been high on for a long time. He's had a great year this year, 30 goals, 52 assists to give him 82 points. Uh, Currently the 25th ranked overall player in Yahoo Standard scoring. ADP was 64.3. The number 19 right winger. Uh, We just talked about how the Carolina Hurricanes finally uh, locked up a playoff berth. This guy is the real deal. Uh, I don't think he's done growing just yet. I think uh, next year, this is kind of, this is like, this is last year's Barkoff. And then this year, Barkoff turned into a legitimate superstar. And I think that... That could absolutely happen uh, with Aho heading into next season. Um, and then Thomas Hurdle for, for Biebs. Uh Hurdle's just been outstanding. Uh, moved to the wing, so it's or moved to center, I should say. Yeah, well, uh, it's kind of same with Aho too, right? Doing it full-time. So it's impressive to see these guys uh, doing as well they uh, as they are uh, switching to the middle of the ice. Much more difficult position to play on both ends of the ice. Yeah, and they uh, both but it could definitely lead to more production because you just have the puck on your stick more. All night yeah. long. Um, so now let's move over to the demon. John Carlson. John uh, Carlson? Who, who would have thought that he could just do it again? I know, right? 81. Just, oh, wait. We thought that. 
We thought that. You heard it here first. 81 average draft position right on the nose. Middle of the seventh round, you could have got this guy. 13 goals, 57 assists. Uh, and No, that's not right. But 70 points this season. I had the games down, but I had 70 games. He's not a point per game. Uh, <laughs> a little under that, uh, but fourth amongst defensemen in scoring. Uh, crazy impressive. Uh, Does it do it back-to-back seasons as a defenseman? Like, you know, it was like, ah, he's like... You know, kind of like the lower end elite last year, and yeah. then like coming to this year, it's like okay, maybe he's elite, and then but he still like was behind the Carlsons, the Burns, the Headmans. Yes, yeah. well, just being on that power play just gives him such a stable floor, right? And he's just such a rock solid pick year to year uh, because of that. And I, you know, I, I think we should expect this guy to break sixty points uh, moving forward, at least the next two to three seasons, uh, just with everything that he has going for him and his situation in Washington. Uh, so pretty impressive for Carlson. Uh, career high seventy points this year. So yeah, uh, excellent value. Topping last year. Is yeah, it, is compared it. to the some of the defensemen that went ahead of him in the draft. Yeah, uh, a guy that I used to like quite a bit, but seemed to be slowing down in his advancing age is Mark Giordano. A uh, lot of people also thought that that advancing age was slowing him down. Didn't have a great year last year, but uh, ADP one hundred nine point six, the number twenty five defenseman off the board. Uh, yeah. After being the number 25 defenseman drafted, all he's done this year is tied for third among D-men in goals, and he's second in points. 74 points. Monster, dude. He's oh, insane. A lot of that has to do with just, you know, Calgary 1 going off all season long. and uh, can't, can't be stopped. Yeah. Like Carlson in Washington or Riley in Toronto, Giordano, obviously the biggest benefactor of that. But this guy's played lights out all season. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. This guy had 38 points last year, 39 points the year before. Uh, so I don't think anyone could blame you, Brock, or anyone else for sleeping on the guy. Well, because he was out. He was like, he was so weird because he was like, meh, meh. Holy fuck, he's good. Whoa, he's really good. This guy's great. Oh, he's shit again. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember this, Mark Junior. I know. Yeah. Oh my god, he's gone. Yeah. Like it was such a roller coaster because like nobody believed in him the f- first year, and then he was like really good again, and then everybody believed in him, and then he was shit. And then everyone's like, ah, he'll bounce back. And then he was shit again. And then now he's amazing. It it's makes his yeah. His previous career. I don't think his, I don't was, think his ADP and production has ever matched up properly. Like yeah. it's always just fucked. Yeah. His previous career high in points was fifty six. He's got seventy four this year. Uh, not. Pro- I mean, he's not really playing, so I don't think he's going to touch the twenty one goals he had in 2015-16. That's fine. 70, 74 yeah. points. Seventeen goals. Uh, pretty pretty crazy. Like I said, just like Riley, just like Carlson, uh, taking full advantage of the situation he was in this year and uh, riding it to a career year. So hats off to Mark Giordano and hats off to Mark Giordano fantasy owners. Yeah, no, he's been outstanding. Uh, Biebs' top defenseman this year, pretty good pick. I like it a lot. Eric Gustafson. Gustafson, 17 goals, 42 assists, 59 points in 77 games. Uh, Really didn't do much at the start of the year. They still thought that... uh, Duncan Keith was the quarterback power player of that top quarter. What am I trying to say? Quarterback, quarterback. of that top power play. Uh, and then eventually they turned that, that over to Gustafson. Well, it was, was just, it was once Quimble got axed, right? Colton yeah. came in and uh, kind of like, handed this guy's, the reins. This guy's amazing. Yeah, and then at the same time, Strom came over, right? And they kind of put that whole top power play together. Strom and Debrinkat, Taves Kane. Ridiculous. Uh, and then Gustafson up top. And, yeah, he's been uh, pretty close to a point-per-game clip since that happened. So, uh, yeah, definitely another guy who would probably not have been drafted uh, in almost any leagues. Uh, 
No, to come he was out, an afterthought for yeah, sure. To come out and uh, you know, it's just another one of these guys where if you're fortunate enough to grab him halfway through the season, just a tremendous boost down the stretch to get a guy uh, producing at a point a game clip from the back end. It's so jokes because like the other day I was just like, man, this Gus isn't kids good. Whatever, go looked at him a little bit deeper. This was like a month ago, and I was like, holy fuck, he's 27. I had no idea. I had, I, I was like, you're probably yeah. this many days old yeah. uh, since you'd figured out he was 27. Yeah, I had well, no idea. See, I thought, always thought he was younger, but it's been around for a while. Yeah, well, he played half a season uh, in 2015-16 and then didn't even sniff the big club in 2016-17. Played a full year in the A uh, and then came up last year uh, 16 points in 35 games. So there wasn't any reason to be excited about this guy. Uh, but Carlton basically looked at him and said, you're a Power play quarterback. I got yeah. it right that time. Yeah, just kind of found another guy who could uh, play pretty well on the man advantage. The jury's still out on his play at even strength. Uh, it's tough to tell with you know, what he has to work with on the back end and kind of what the Blackhawks are dealing with in general in terms of uh, defensive schemes. Uh, pretty poor defensive team, but a uh, huge asset on the power play. Kind of reminds me a lot of Nick Letty, mm-hmm. uh, interestingly enough. Looks just like him, too. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> but uh, who's your top goalie? Uh, of the 2018 Fantasy Hawks season. Or should I say goalies? Yeah, mine, like the Jennings Trophy, it's going to be a shared award. I'm giving <laughs> it to Robin Lehner and Thomas Grice. Because uh, it's pretty funny. You look at their ADPs. Uh, we got Lehner at 176.9. Grice just ahead of that at 169.3. We really weren't sure who was going to run away with this job, and it turns out no one did. They were both just filthy all year long. Lehner, 24 wins, 2.18 goals against, a 928 save percentage. Grice, 22 wins. 2.32 goals against, 9.26 save percentage. And they each threw in five shutouts just for fun. Uh, so that, those are 14th and 15th round picks. And I'm sure there was uh, a handful or, a, you know, a decent amount of fantasy owners who kind of got stuck towards the end and uh, didn't know which way to go, and they ended up taking both of them. And that <laughs> I can't imagine. Well. Yeah, seriously, couldn't have worked out any better. Uh, both of these guys just to have career years. Seems like the system in front of them, pretty good. Barry Trotz might just know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still give up a shitload of scoring chances at even strength. But yeah. I, yeah. They both they just played great. Barry Trotz has got something going right for him. Uh, Grice kind of does this, though. Like, every three or four years, he just turns in, like, an elite season. Yeah, like, Laner's for sure the better goalie. Like, I, like I'm like i going Laner game one if I'm if I'm Trotz. Mm-hmm. You? Yeah, but, like... I think if you uh, lost four goals, though, like Grice might. Yeah, game yeah. Like I think over the course of the series, if yeah, if one guy has a bad game, I would for sure give it to. The, I just to the next I guy. hate that mindset. Like I want to be going in and be like, "Hey, Lander's my fucking guy." And yeah. it's I'm just a ride. different situation. Though, man. It's, it's so, a really I know it's, it's just situation. it's just weird. It's, it's just, not a bad thing though, and he even talks about it. Like Grice is just such like a pro and a career backup. That he could literally like come in after warmups and be like, Tommy, I changed my mind. You're going in. Yeah. He's just like down. Like, yeah. So it doesn't matter for Grice. Laner's probably a little bit different. Uh, you know, It's good to see Laner having a good year, though. It's Pretty great high. to see Laner yeah. having a good year. Yeah. And another guy. Got out of that hellhole of Ottawa. Yeah. And then Buffalo. Buffalo. He's, he's probably. <laughs> yeah, worse. You said Ottawa threw me out. Uh, yeah. Well, it was his save percentage. Is, he still played well in Buffalo. Yeah. He always looked good in Buffalo. The goals against was inflated playing for those Sabre teams. Uh, so it's not totally surprised. It's kind of surprising that happened on Long Island this year. Not a, a lot. Of well, just because nobody expect. saw it coming because yeah. they were so bad defensively last year, yeah. like so bad. Troy Sales got forty-eight. Just scored yeah. again tonight. They lost Sean Tavares too. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Did you see that guy just giving it to him in the penalty box the other day in his second game? Like, oh yeah, yeah. 
Fucking snake! <laughs> snake! Why didn't you just tell us? <laughs> you should have just told us, you snake! Oh, I was dying. They were so upsetting. Eh? Oh, just so. Can sad. you imagine if he just came out with like twenty games left in the season and was like, "Listen, guys, I'm uh probably, probably should have probably not going to resign. Probably should." He didn't know. Like it's a, it was he a real knew. thing. No, he didn't. Know. He, knew. he didn't know. They, dude, he was like, uh, he, like people close to him thought he was going to sign with the Islanders the day before. Uh, my top goalie uh, <laughs> in fantasy hockey this year, Ben Bishop, which is a little bit tricky because it hasn't been all roses for Ben Bishop. Just in typical Ben Bishop fashion, missed a lot of time due to injury, but second in the NHL in goals against average to only the Jordan Bennington, and first in the NHL in save percentage this year. Uh, despite missing all that time, though, still tied for 15th in the NHL in wins. So... Uh, still borderline number one goaltender when it comes to wins. And then obviously the save percentage and goals against average mm-hmm. has pushed him up in that category. Um, the thing about Bishop is I think when you lose a guy like him, uh, you know, maybe a lot of owners rushed to the wire and got Hugh Dobin. Uh, because, you know, Hugh Dobin's not a guy that ever, you know, people are picking up. Like no one's picking up Dallas's backup ever. But if you have Bishop, he gets hurt. You might be like, "Oh, I can go and get Hudobin," and then Hudobin's been great. So, yeah, Bishop's just like when he's in there, when he's been available to your lineup, he's just been so outstanding. I mean, you just—it's so hard to to like you can't possibly overstate how big of a deal it is to have a goalie that just goes in and puts up a two oh three goals against average and a nine thirty three save percentage. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so valuable. And then we got Beebs's. Top goalie of the year. The boy, Darcy Kemper. Now, Darcy Kemper is fucking hilarious to me uh, because I went to a game in Detroit. Red Wings, Coyotes. The Wings won 6-1, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Kemper got yanked. He looked just just horrible. I don't even remember who they put in. It wasn't even Aiden Hill. It was just some other, that other guy that they had for a minute. Yeah. Uh, and he was horrible, too. So I was like, man, like that was the only time in my life I've ever seen Darcy Kemper yeah, live. You're not talking Picard, are you? No, it was no, it was none of those guys. It was somebody even worse. I can't. I'll have to go back and look it up later. It was none of them. Like I, no idea who he was. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so that was the only time I'd ever seen Darcy Kemper live, and I just was after that day. I was just like, oh, maybe I've just been looking at Darcy Kemper the wrong way. Like <laughs> thought he was decent, but nope, he's just dog shit. Like since that day, like who would have thought? Like. Anti Ranta was like the only reason to be semi optimistic about this team. Yeah. Especially, well, we loved him, but he was like, okay, like maybe Ranta can carry this team to the playoffs. We talked about that at the start of the year. Well, then Ranta's gone for the year. Like, this team is so screwed. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Kemper's just like Vesna candidate. Yeah. Dude, if Stepan doesn't get hurt, they're probably in the playoffs, yeah. is what it comes down to. Uh, but he missed like, what, 15 games, whatever it was. Uh, and that was just, I think it was just kind of too tough to overcome. Uh, Pretty upset I don't get to watch my boy Brad Richardson in the postseason. Just do some work. At even strength. Just yeah. <laughs> neutralize the best lines in hockey yeah. uh, and throw in like five shorthanded goals. Love me some Brad Richardson. And pour some out for Darcy Kemper. Very unfortunate um, that he couldn't make the playoffs. At least it doesn't look like the Avalanche are going to lose tonight though. So you never know. They're not dead yet. Got to beat the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. They're not dead yet. Yes. Yeah. But good on him, man. Guy gets a stick in the eyeball. Like... Everyone's tweeting, highly unlikely this guy's going to play. Yeah. 
comes out, starts tonight. Guy's ready to go. He's a gamer. I really hope. We'll see how it goes. I really hope with his eye patch Death on. Perception might be I hope his off. eye patch. He can stand on his head, beat up on the Golden Knights who are already locked into a playoff position. They don't give a shit. And then they make the most. I would love to see it. Yeah. Leapfrog the Avalanche. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah, I don't think the Avs are getting out of the first round. No. And not that I think the, not Coyotes, that the Coyotes are either, but, but they might be tougher it'd be to play fun against. To see Arizona, yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, I would just love to see all those diehard Arizona fans crying in the stands about how happy. Uh, I yeah. don't think those exist, do they? I, Matthew's family? That's a big Yotes fan, dude. Yeah. I'm worried about it. Five years, he's going home. And we can't say shit. Yeah, and we can't say shit. It happens. Sometimes they just go home. Guy really likes Arizona. But I hope you guys enjoyed Season 4, Episode 29 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Like I said, we'll be back early next week between the end of the regular season, Saturday, and the start of the playoffs, uh, which I think is Wednesday. Wednesday. It is Wednesday. The 10th. Uh, we will not. We will probably record sometime on Monday. Uh, episode will be out early on Tuesday, and then yeah, we'll we're gonna preview all the playoff series, pick our winners for the first round, pick our winners uh, throughout the playoffs, talk a little bit about uh, fantasy hockey draft. pools, yeah, drafts. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard. Like you're not really gonna be able to listen to it unless your drafts on Tuesday and really go and pick anybody. But um, you know, in, <laughs> in those situations, you just want. Guys that are going to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah. And so we're going to obviously give you our picks for that. And a lot of times it comes down to you really just have to make a bet on one or two teams. Yeah. That maybe a lot of people aren't really expecting to well, go to Well, because you know like that Kucherov Stamkos are going yeah, to go that's like what I first, mean. second, yeah. third or whatever. And then it's like, yeah. well, like that was a couple years ago. Went all in on the Senators and they went to the... So that's why you draft Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Petrangelo, Bennington, and you win your whole pool. Yeah. <laughs> go Blues, baby. Go Blues. See you guys early next week. Peace. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.